and all of a sudden, maybe uh, your son or daughter comes home from college or or maybe they announce they're in junior high or they're in senior high and they come home and they announce that they're bisexual or they're gay or they're lesbian or they're gender non-binary or whatever the case is, that oftentimes is just a, a blindside to parents. It's a shock uh, to many parents that may not have even had a sense of that. So often, as parents, we are just grasping at straws of, well, how can I pull my son or daughter back from the brink of this? Or how can I help my loved one? And, and, and we just have to get the ship turned around right away. You are not a lost cause. You, you haven't blown it so badly. This is what the enemy would tell you, is you screwed your kid up so much that, that, um, that somehow this is all your fault. Not everyone deals with that, but some of us take on that kind of false guilt and we live under the weight of that. And it could stay with us for sometimes years and cause all kinds of damage in our lives and minimize the value of our impact in the kingdom of God. talk with you a little bit today about the topic of um, friends and family, about the topic of if you're a mom or a dad, um, if you're a brother or sister, if you're a friend of someone who is off in the weeds, uh, somebody who might have professed faith in Christ at some point, maybe had um, seemingly had a walk with him for a period of time, maybe grew up in the church, uh, maybe none of those things are true. But regardless, you have somebody that you care about as a son or a daughter, friend, sibling, you have someone who you care about, who is uh, living contrary to God's revealed word, who is uh, maybe living out an LGBTQ identity. Uh, they may be living out, not that at all, it might just be a rebellion against God. Uh, maybe they're involved in pornography addiction, or maybe they're living with their um, opposite sex uh, boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, but they're, they're off in the weeds. And um, I know what it's like to really, <laughs> to put parents through uh, a really difficult journey. My parents uh, journeyed with me through a number of years of my uh, own identity confusion and uh, embracing a gay identity. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my my uh, parents were Christians. And I even made a profession of faith uh, early on as a kid. But I got to a place where I was just sick of wrestling with uh, my feelings of same-sex attraction, and I wanted uh, to, uh, I just felt like the church didn't have any answers, and quite frankly, the churches I was involved in didn't have very good answers, but the truth is God has good answers. I just didn't know that at the time. And so I, I left in frustration out of Bible college and uh, just lived as a gay-identified man for a few years. And, you know, my parents did some things um, in that journey with me that were really helpful. And I wanted to just spend some time talking with you out of my own experience, what was helpful. And then also uh, my wife, Melissa, and I have talked to hundreds and hundreds of people who have been far from God at one point and, and the Lord has drawn them back. And he's, he's done that through connection with other people primarily. And so what does that look like? How does that actually, how can we as moms and dads and, and uh, people who care about others who are far from God, how can we walk with them in a way that's helpful? And so I wanna to touch on six primary categories uh, today. The first thing I wanna talk about, which frankly is not talked about enough, is prevention. I'm gonna mainly be talking about moms and dads, but I think you can extrapolate this out to, to whoever you are, uh, whether the person is your, your child or not. But how do moms and dads um, develop a framework or develop a, uh, a home atmosphere, develop a way of living that is preventative, that, that helps their children uh, thrive and grow. 
there are a number of things that I think are really um, helpful. And and so uh, one is that we need dads. I'm just going to mention this. I'm going to touch on this later, but I want to mention this right out of the gate. Dads are needed in the formation of their sons and daughters' character as well as their identity formation. That is really key. Moms play a role there too, but oftentimes dads are downplayed in, in, in the role of fathering uh, children. And it's really essential. I think one of the issues that we're having as a culture is that dads are not involved enough. Also, know how will you guide your children in a sex-saturated culture and an identity-confused culture? I, I want to talk to people who don't even have kids yet. I want to talk to people who want to be married and you want to, um, to build a healthy family. Or maybe you're newly married or maybe your kids are really young. How can you build a framework of prevention um, from, from getting wrapped up and lost in the confusion of, of a world that is really encroaching on um, a biblical uh, uh, Christian worldview perspective. And, and one of those ways to start off with is know how you're going to guide your children. Build a library of, of some resources uh, that can that can be helpful in how to talk to your children, not just about sex. It's not just about the sex talk. I really encourage people to uh, moms and dads to have a long conversation with their children. It's not the a, a conversation that happens over the course of years, and of course starts off in really age appropriate ways, um, but is also building in the beginning on the positive aspects of being made in the image of God, being made boys and girls. And, and what that looks like and the glory of that, the beauty of that, the, the, the solid framework of that, the fact that, um, we, uh, that our bodies are not unimportant. Our bodies are incredibly important in the way that God has put his image into us as male and female. Um, secondly, also be really careful about what you're allowing in terms of television and video games and social media, uh, don't allow those things to be the babysitter of your children. Uh, those uh, will have massive impact over time um, on your kids, and we want to be really careful. Also, make sure that you're explaining to your kids some of the reasons why you're limiting uh, those uh, uh, those media uh, resources um, in their lives and really make sure that you you know what your kids are doing in, in those um, areas. I would even say limit uh, the, the devices that they're using. Don't just hand your kids a smartphone and expect that they're going to, even when you have blockers on there, be able at their level of maturity or, or immaturity really uh, to navigate the waters of, of um, smartphones and tablets and, and uh, laptops and all of that um, without your involvement in really guiding them in that. And then this this may sound obvious, but get your kids outside. I, I, it just seems like more and more kids are just stuck on their devices and stuck inside uh, and, and not really getting the activity that they actually need. Get them involved in sports. Kids need regular time with their moms and their dads really essential. It's not okay that we are just so wrapped up in our careers that we allow either something or someone else to, to basically parent our children for us. Our kids need our time. They need us to, uh, to walk with them and spend time with them. Oftentimes, moms will have naturally more time with their kids. Uh, sometimes that's reversed. But um, I would just say, make sure that dads are getting plenty of time um, of, of even carving out 15, 20 minutes um, a day in the morning uh, or in the evening or whatever works for you to get some individual time with the kids and even some group time uh, with the kids to talk about shepherding their hearts, to talk about where they're really at and to help draw out conversations with them. And then also, what kind of educational pathways are you choosing for your kids? That's something to consider from a preventative perspective. Of course, some of these things also extrapolate um, out into the recovery perspective as well. Um, but we we want to 
um, really consider, are we, are we going to have our kids in public government school? Are we going to have our kids in private, perhaps Christian education? Or are we going to do a homeschool option? Are we going to kind of do maybe a couple of those things over time? Uh, those are really important uh, considerations um, to, to make. Uh, as a mom and a dad together, uh, but really thinking through like the area that you live in, I think that can have a big impact on whether or not public school might be the best choice or not uh, for you and what's kind of going on in that public school system. But something to really be thinking about there. Be wise about um, who your child is spending time with. Now, on the other hand, we don't want to be helicopter parents, and we also don't want to raise our children in a Christian bubble. Um, I, and I think that we can tend to go in one direction or another, either to be very hands-off in who our children are spending time with, or um, or just uh, so concerned about it and so keeping them in such a cloistered atmosphere, they're not, they're not even learning how to share their faith. But still, we need to be really careful about who they're spending time with, how that time is um, is monitored. I think we can be really um, uh, loose about inviting people into our own home, and yet, you know, keeping the doors open to bedrooms, keeping uh, keeping the kids kind of in a in a social area where where we as moms or dads can still have kind of an eye on them and have some involvement with them, and then really in, let them have um, enjoyment and and fun with uh, with their friends. Kids need individuation; they need to experience um, being able to make some of their own choices, and of course, that only increases over time. Don't only express do's and don'ts about sexuality, about gender, but engage with kids on the whys and the what's. And, and that is so critical. I, I've talked to so many people, and I experienced too, growing up in a church that was um, uh, pretty loud uh, in thumping on the do's and don'ts of scripture, but the whys were never explained that I can recall, or the what's. Like, what could be the outcome of either choosing righteousness and going in God's pathway? What are the outcomes of really choosing uh, rebellion or choosing self and going away from God? And and again, why why do we do that? Why do we make those choices? Use your own story, both in terms of your failures as well as God's victory and guiding us through those difficult uh, seasons of our life, whether those were um, things that happened to us, not because of our own sin or failure, or because of our sin or failure, or a combination of those things. And of course, we tell our kids, we share these things with our kids at age-appropriate levels. Uh, very important that we are letting them know that our discipleship is not just some abstract teachings about what God's Word says that doesn't connect to real-life situations. Nothing more powerful than uh, the real-life situations that their mom and their dad have experienced and the way that God has brought them through those things. So in the recovery uh, phase, let's let's um, uh, flip over to that for just a moment. And again, some of the what I just shared can be used in this process as well. If you've uh, kind of had your hands off or um, thought that your kids were doing fine, everything's been great, and then all of a sudden, maybe uh, your son or daughter comes home from college or or maybe they announce they're in junior high or they're in senior high and they come home and they announce that they're bisexual or they're gay or they're lesbian or they're gender non-binary or whatever the case is, that oftentimes is just a, a blindside to parents. It's a shock uh, to many parents that may not have even had a sense of that, or maybe they had an inkling, but yet uh, they weren't expecting that news. Oftentimes what I hear when parents communicate this is, well, we didn't raise them this way, or they were raised in a Christian home. And again, while that is true, oftentimes the, their Christian experience wasn't connected to much more than a lot of do's and don'ts. Do this and don't do that. 
And these are the verses uh, that, that apply to that in scripture, but not much more was unpacked in that. So honestly, it's not that big of a surprise that as kids start to individuate, as they start to spread their wings, as they start to get out on their own, certainly at college or university, um, they are they are inundated in a world that is swimming in um, in, in sexual idolatry and in gender confusion. And so, um, if you discover that, what can you begin to do? First and foremost, what I would say to you as a mom or a dad or a loved one is what I'm about to say is huge. Don't miss the fact that God has an invitation for you in this struggle. So often as parents, we are just grasping at straws of, well, how can I pull my son or daughter back from the brink of this? Or how can I help my loved one? And, and, and we just have to get the ship turned around right away. First and foremost, you need to take a deep breath. The fact that your son or daughter came to you and told you, that is good news because now you know what to pray into on their behalf. But, but again, God has something in this for you. There's a way in which God wants to meet you in your pain and your um, hurt and in your confusion. He wants to guide you through this process. The enemy wants you to either blame yourself and and um, and take on all the, the responsibility or to just kind of shut down and detach from what, what's going on with your child or to embrace it and, and just um, kind of ignore scripture or kind of uh, have a revisionist history of, of what you believe to be true about scripture up to this point. I remember reading a book called Don't Waste Your Sorrows written by Paul Bilheimer. And that book was so phenomenal in helping me in a very, very difficult season of life recognize that sorrow can actually be something that propels us deeper in our walk with Jesus, in our walk with the Father, in our walk with the Holy Spirit, in our walk with others, and also help us get in touch with some things that maybe we've been ignoring in our own lives or God has not yet brought to the surface in our own lives. There's something profound for you in this struggle. That's the first thing. And then who is your support base? I remember a mom saying to me years and years ago, my son came out to um, his dad and me and his dad and me went into the closet. And that is the experience, uh, I think, of a lot of Christian parents is that they don't know who to turn to either out of their own sense of shame or um, or protection of their child or whatever, they feel like they go, they need to go in the closet and kind of shut the door on their pain and suffering. But the truth is the opposite is needed. We don't need to blare it from the rooftops, but we do need to develop a team around us, people who can help us and walk with us. So even when you fly um, on an airplane, one of the um, one of the first things you hear in the safety uh, protocols is if the oxygen uh, changes in the cabin, put on your own mask first and then help somebody else. But what we as Christians are doing, especially as moms and dads, what we tend to do is we're in such a panic around these issues. We want to you know, grab the oxygen mask and kind of cram it onto our son and daughter, and they don't even want it right now. We need to put it on ourselves. We need to make sure that we're inviting the Lord in to our pain and our confusion, our hurt. We have some stuff to work out with him in our own lives in order to be really free to help our son or daughter or our loved one. So don't lose heart in growing weary and doing good either. Galatians um, 6, 9 communicates that information. Consider how to, to encourage one another. That's um, Hebrews 10, 23 through 24. We need the body of Christ around us. You need a few people in your band of uh, brothers or sisters um, or uh, other families. You need that in your life to be able to encourage one another and to keep hope alive. 
develop a, a group of prayer warriors around you. One of the books that I really uh, love that doesn't deal specifically with um, with sexual brokenness, I mean, I think some of this is touched on in there, but it's more about um, spiritual warfare and also praying scripture over our loved ones, praying scripture over our own needs as well, but praying scripture over our loved ones. The book is called The Adversary. It's written by a guy by the name of Mark Bubeck. I really highly recommend that for, um, for families that are going through or individuals that are going through crisis um, for themselves or on behalf of somebody else. Also, another excellent book that that lays out a, a, a process through which a mom went through and a dad, but a mom primarily went through in, in crying out on behalf of her son. The book is called Out of a Far Country, and it's written by Christopher and Angela Yuan. Uh, it, it really communicates so much hope and so much encouragement in, in, in walking out this journey in a, in a consistent and vital way. Angela gathered um, just a community around her to pray and warfare on behalf of her son, Christopher, and the Lord showed up in powerful ways. You can also go to our website at loveandtruthnetwork.com to find uh, resources for strugglers, for pastors, Christian leaders, for parents who want some help and support and encouragement. So number five, and here's something that nobody wants to hear, uh, honestly, is that you need to prepare for the long haul. We all want this to be a short, uh, a quick uh, experience. And, and we're all hoping and praying that in a week or a month uh, or six months or whatever, that, that somehow this is all going to set itself in order. And the truth is, on occasion, that does happen, but it's rare. The truth is, oftentimes, um, you need to prepare for the long haul, a number of years of time of, of, of your loved one journeying far away from God. But um, in preparing for that, again, you need to stay alert. I think that the enemy's temptation, the pain of staying alert and the, the longing to see something happen and then experiencing the reality that it feels like nothing is happening or it even it isn't even that nothing is happening. It feels like it's getting worse and that isn't changing in a week or a month. It's continuing. Um, but in that situation, in that reality of life, we need to be able to stay alert and present. Don't get lost in your sorrow. Again, allow God, get the, the book from uh, Paul Bilheimer, Don't Waste Your Sorrows. Allow God to use your sorrows to really keenly um, connect you to his kingdom for your sake. God has, again, something really powerful for you in this. Don't lose that by focusing only on um, your wayward loved one. Have eyes for others. Let your pain um, sensitize you to the needs of others in a fresh way. It's amazing how our pain, how that sharp, um, sudden pain can actually be used by God in powerful ways to sensitize us to the needs of others around us. And God does want to do that. Ask God to bring hurting people into your life who need a spiritual mom or a spiritual dad in their life. There may be somebody that's that's very that's similarly living out something that your son or your daughter or your loved one is doing. And maybe your loved one is not ready, not willing, not wanting to hear much of anything from a scriptural, uh, biblical worldview perspective, but there are plenty of others who are. There are plenty of others who are at a place where they want help, they want support. And you as a mom or a dad who've allowed the Lord to, um, to put that oxygen mask on your own face and prepare you, you could be used as a spiritual mom or dad in the lives of those who are ready and looking for help and support. 
even while you're praying for your loved one to get to that stage as well. It might not be you who helps them. It may be another spiritual mom or dad who is there when your loved one is ready uh, to to turn their life around and ready to um, reconsider uh, what they've been doing with their lives and, and, and reconsider their relationship with God. And then lastly, while you are actively waiting and praying in faith for your child, this is kind of underscores everything else that I've said, understand that the kingdom of God needs you. You are not a lost cause. You, you haven't blown it so badly. This is what the enemy would tell you, is you screwed your kid up so much that, that, um, that somehow this is all your fault. Not everyone deals with that, but some of us take on that kind of false guilt and we live under the weight of that. And it can stay with us for sometimes years and cause all kinds of damage in our lives and minimize the value of our impact in the kingdom of God. Recognize that God has called you into the kingdom. He wants your yes to him. He wants your involvement in the kingdom. And he wants to use this experience to create deep and fertile ground. Yes, it's it's the deep and fertile ground is um, is furrowed and and hoed and um, it, it's it's achieved through pain oftentimes. But if you will do that as a mom or dad or a loved one on behalf of somebody else, God can use you in rich and powerful ways for his kingdom. There is incredible hope. Regardless of what happens with your loved one, always hold on to hope and and, and a, a persevering hope and active waiting, not just waiting and losing heart, but an active waiting and expectation that God is going to move. And again, that's where I would really recommend um, Out of a Far Country and the story of how Angela really embraced this active waiting and this pursuing on behalf of her son through the power of God and through community around her. Engage with that book, engage uh, with with um, the community around you that God wants to use you in and use them for you to, for the greater good of the kingdom of God. Remember, you there are spiritual sons and daughters who need you to press in and to be available for them as God brings them to you. Thank you so much for joining us for this Love and Truth Network podcast. To listen to or watch future episodes, please check us out at loveandtruthnetwork.com forward slash podcast. Also, you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and we look forward to seeing you in a future episode.